0: Books.
1: On. Books on the Brain. Welcome back to Books on the Brain, a podcast of books and nonsense. I'm Carly.
0: I'm Deirdre. And I'm Danielle. Hello. Hi. We're back.
2: It's been so long since we've recorded. It has. It's
0: true. We've (laughs) stockpiled a bunch of episodes, but we're back Still in the past to you, listeners, but in the future to us, uh, or the present to us. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, moving on to the meat and potatoes of this episode, we are doing another genre deep dive. Woo-hoo. Uh, I think this is my favorite episode to make. These are so fun. Uh, it's so- I really
2: enjoy these. Mm-hmm. They're
0: just like fun little recommendation videos that we can laugh and... Uh, learn together. It's so fun. Um but today we're specifically uh narrowing in on retellings, which is a personal favorite kind of uh book for myself. No, it's Me very too. popular. Um so we've each picked three retellings that we're going to feature. Uh and then a couple honorable mentions because it's really hard for us to narrow down <laughs> sometimes. Um and yeah, that's what we're going to do. Uh great. Who wants to start? <laughs>
2: I can start. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I I love retellings. I've talked about this on the podcast before, um, how it's one of my favorite uh, books to, or types of books, I should say, to read. Um, So I'm going to kick this off with the uh, one of the most recent retellings I have read, uh, which is Lost in the Neverwoods by Aidan Thomas. I know I briefly talked about this uh, as a current read on a previous episode, but I didn't really get into it because I was still reading it. So I'm excited to tell y'all all about it. So uh, Lost in the Neverwoods is Aidan Thomas's second novel uh is the author of cemetery boys which i have talked about at length on the podcast it feels like um and it is a peter pan retelling that is set in the modern day so it is uh it takes place in astoria oregon which is a place no one really ever talks about it's the weirdest and... place
1: ever may i just say
2: it actually it actually is like... though uh <laughs> i spent i weirdly enough have been there yeah me too um, me too <laughs> we when i used to work for disney cruise line we ported there for a day so i spent like 4 hours there and it's where they filmed the goonies mm-hmm. so most people know it for the place where the goonies house is um and it's such an interesting place very
1: weird like, <laughs>
2: It's, I, I can't even explain it.
1: Peculiar, but, like, in the best way possible. Right,
2: yeah. right. It, like, has this, like, eerie feel to it. Yeah. But it's also, like, kind of quaint.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, <laughs> yeah. And I've never been, so I don't
0: know what.
1: <laughs> I'm like, okay.
0: <laughs> you know and what? And it's
2: really Absolutely. interesting because it's, like, it's set on the ocean. Mm-hmm. But then you also have, like, kind of, like, mountain-ish foresty area yeah. so there's like there's a whole lot of geographical stuff going on in this place it's very interesting you know what
1: one day we'll all go on a road trip along the oregon coast because it is so pretty
0: <laughs> if i'm gonna be honest with you the way you're just describing it i was like are you talking about forks washington <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why it's my only point of reference that's funny
2: Uh, now that I'm done with my tangent on Astoria, Oregon. Um, so in this Peter Pan retelling, we get the entire book from Wendy Darling's perspective. She is 18 years old and five years beforehand, her and her brothers, John and Michael, went missing for six months, um, six months, and... Nobody knew what happened to them. Uh, There was, like, some weird stuff going on around the incident. And then six months later, Wendy shows back up in the woods without John and Michael. No. And she does not remember what happened. No. So... We are meeting her five years after this incident when she is still dealing with the trauma of it, the grief of not knowing where her brothers are, not being able to remember where her brothers are. Mm -hmm. The town is going through this time where kids are going missing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's reminding her of her brothers and she wishes she could remember. And then on her birthday... She is uh, living her life. Mm -hmm. And Peter Pan kind of just drops out of the sky. And he is like, I need your help, Wendy, because my shadow is missing Mm -hmm. and I need to get it back. So in this retelling, the shadow is like everything the opposite of what you are. So it's, like, all of Mm -hmm. your bad thoughts and bad feelings manifested. Mm -hmm. So for all of, like, the goodness that Peter is, and um, Peter represents, like, finding lost children Mm -hmm. and bringing them home, um, his shadow is the opposite of that. (gasps) So with his shadow being loose and these kids going missing... They need to get the shadow back. Um, And it's kind of about her trying to figure out, like, what does Peter know? Uh, Does he know where my brothers are? Mm -hmm. Can he bring my brothers home? And why can't I remember him? Mm -hmm. She, like, she has these drawings where she's been drawing Peter for the last five years. But she still does not remember meeting him or being with him. Mm And so over the course of the book, uh, things happen. Uh, I have never read the original Peter Pan. I have only seen the Disney movie. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's like my main point of reference for Peter Pan. And this one definitely goes back to its roots. It is quite dark.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, It uh, will leave you thinking... For sure. And I really enjoyed it. I listened to the audiobook. I was kind of not super sold on the audiobook narrator. But uh, overall, I did really enjoy it. Um, And I do think that it is a good retelling. And it was kind of fun setting it in the modern day and seeing Peter Pan in a world where there are, like, cell phones. (laughs) Um. So, since it just came out, it doesn't have a ton of stuff on Goodreads. It does have a 3.87 average rating rating, um, out of 2,213 ratings. The highest star is at uh, the four stars with 37%, followed up by five stars, which is at 30%. And one star reviews are at 1% with 43 reviews. So I pulled out a one-star review and a five-star review. So uh, the one-star review is, I wish I could give this less than one star. The plot is completely predictable and the novel is poorly written. Everyone mumbles, choose their words, cries, etc. It's a lot.
1: Oh Wow. Okay.
2: <laughs> Which uh, the thing that made me laugh about this review was that they said it's predictable. I feel like... When you're reading a retelling that's kind of par for I know the point. The <laughs> um, like I get really excited when retellings go a little off the path, especially when I know the original source material. Uh, but I feel like there are some where you kind of know where they're gonna go, regardless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um I agree. Especially with this one, like the the closer we got to the end, uh, the more I was like, okay, I think I can see where Aiden's taking this. Um, but that review just made me it made me chuckle. Um, and then the five star review is this book had me ugly crying at 1 a.m. Excuse me while I go cry myself to sleep. Aww. <laughs> uh so yeah that is lost in the neverwoods by aiden thomas wow
0: Woohoo!
1: i need to read it now i want to read it
0: um i i i bought it because i already know i'm gonna i know i'm gonna like it just from the way people have spoken about it i'm like i know i'm gonna like it so she's on my shelf she's also very beautiful so she's on my shelf regardless mm-hmm. stunning really the cover cool. is stunning i agree and also aiden thomas is a kick-ass author so why would i not support him exactly exactly there has been a
2: lot not i don't know how much actually but there's been some negativity surrounding Uh, this book because people were frustrated that the main character was white when cemetery boys was so diverse um and it was really disheartening to see people kind of, like, tearing Aiden down for this book when they hadn't... Because a lot of it was happening before they had even read it. Yeah. Um, And this was the first novel that Aiden wrote. Um, Even though Cemetery Boys was the first novel published. he published. Uh, Cemetery, uh, Lost Than Ever was was the first one he wrote. So it's really interesting to not even compare them because you really can't. They are two very different stories, but to look at them side by side and to see the growth in Aiden's writing from his first book to his second book Mm -hmm. um, and to acknowledge that he can write a wide variety of stories. Like, Um,
0: why why do, as a book community, we hold diverse authors to the standard that they always have to write diverse stories. They do not, they do not owe us that they can write stories about whatever they want. Yeah. And like diverse stories steeped in their trauma. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And like, it's going to be a diverse story because it's coming from a diverse worldview. Yeah. Regardless of like what the characters in the story are, because it's coming from Aiden Thomas's eyes. It's going to have a wider lens. Exactly. People are just looking at anything to get upset over. That, I remember seeing that and being like, how can you even make, you haven't even read the book
2: yet. Uh, That was the thing that annoyed me the most was it was all being said like two weeks before the book came out. I was like, have you read it? No. How can you say that?
0: No. No. That's so frustrating. So I would definitely recommend it. I
2: think it is a great retelling. And one day I will read the original.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I've never read, I've never read Peter Pan either. Me either. Like maybe the Disney like storybook picture right. books, but never like the actual. I own a Peter copy.
2: Pan right
0: story. I just haven't read it. And
2: it's such an interesting one too because everybody kind of has their own like theories on Peter and like mm-hmm. what each character in his story represents. Mm-hmm. And everybody that's written a Peter Pan book has kind of taken it a different way. Yeah. So it's a really interesting story to analyze, mm-hmm. um, and especially when it gets retold.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I s- decided I wanted to s- specifically look at retellings that t- took stories that are usually like very white centric and put a more diverse spin to the retelling. And I think that is something mm. that is so amazing within the genre of retellings is we can take these stories that are really surrounded by white narratives and make them more diverse and amazing. And it just adds the best thing of it so I think like this was one of my favorite books I've read so far Mm. this year um Legendborn by Tracy Dion I and Mm -hmm. it truly is I think one of the like best received YA fantasy books ever written Mm. specifically online on book talk you're hard-pressed to find someone who did not like this book right so Legendborn has a 4.48 on Goodreads, wow, which is wow. real high. She deserves wow. it, and astoundingly, 60% of those reviews are five star. Wow, like it is. That's we love insane. it. We love to see it. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, And I believe Legendborn was Tracy Dion's uh, debut YA novel.
1: Mm,
0: I think. I so. believe so. I'm pretty sure I read that. Um, and it's sitting at 0% one-star reviews with about only 132 one-star reviews. It was really hard to find people who, uh, didn't like this book. Mm -hmm. There are some important trigger warnings, so I'm just going to go through them really quick. Um, alcohol consumption, car accidents, death of a parent, death, demons, gore, grief, hospitals, memory manipulation, mind control, physical abuse, racism, rape, sexual violence, slavery, trauma, and violence. Um, although keep in mind this is happening in the YA sphere, there is nothing, um, too, too, too graphic. They, those themes exist, but they're not super graphic. Uh, if you want to read more about them, if you go to the book Trigger Warnings website, they go a little bit more in depth there. Um, if you have Legend Born, before I go into the synopsis, if you've not read the author note, I highly recommend it. Uh, because Tracy goes into she talks about grief. She talks about uh, root magic, and she talks about the Arthur legend. So that is what Legendborn is a retelling of, is King Arthur, Um, which is something, like, I know peripherally. Like, I'm like, yeah, I know about King Arthur. Like, who doesn't know about King Arthur? Uh, Do I know, like, the lore of it? Not particularly. This was definitely, like, my first, like, in-depth exposure to it. Mm -hmm. Um, But she says a line in her author note that I just want to share. Uh, she talks about, Arthur exists in a network of narratives. There is no single story, no sacred text, no definitive reason, no single voice. Instead, there are many versions of many legends, reimaginings, and retellings. Consider Legendborn a contribution to that collection. Uh, which I like. I love that. Wow. I like that quite a bit. Yeah. Um, that it is adding to the lore that's around King Arthur, uh, which I think is uh, it's just the best. If you haven't read this book, please. If, like, there's one book that I tell you to read from this podcast, it's Legendborn, like, and, like, the next book's coming out soon. It's mm-hmm. just so well-crafted. Like, it's just the pacing's so good. It brings up so many important themes. Uh, and it's just a good, fan, like, a magic, magical realism fantasy story set in our modern mm-hmm. time. It's great. Uh, and... I will add, it is actually a love triangle that I can get on
2: board with. I
1: know she is a love
2: triangle. Like, Deirdre is the uh, CEO of hating love triangles. You and me both.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And this is the one that I'm like, "Mm, I'm intrigued because you—it's because you don't see it coming, and then when it hits you, it hits you in the teeth, and you're like, "Oh Mm -hmm. God, what do I do? What's happening?
2: (laughs) Who do I choose?"
0: Um, (laughs) I know, it's, uh, it's just, for me to be this enthralled with a YA novel, I'm like, it took my breath away. It's so amazing. Um, so, basically, Brie is our protagonist. She is a black student who was, uh, admitted into the UNC Chapel Hill Early Admissions Program, um, for her to, like, start her university a little bit early, kind of thing, and she stumbles upon demons at this night out. They go to this like reservoir thing uh, to to party and she's obviously not of age. Uh, this is happening in the States and they run in if she runs into some demons and she's like ah, "What? the? what's happening? Um, and she runs into these people who are fighting these demons and they basically try to convince her that she's not seeing what she's seeing and it figures she figures out that their magic doesn't work on her so she's like what is happening she's very confused she ends up because of this she starts asking questions like trying to figure out what's going on here and she stumbles across this secret society on campus which is basically just these like this is the king arthur part of it is these like white people who come together and they um they are descendants of King Arthur and his round table, and they protect once-borns, which are, like, humans, from shadowborn, which are, like, the demon people, and animals. And animals? I don't Creatures. That's a better word. Not animals. <laughs> um, at the beginning of the book, Brie, in the first page of the book, Brie loses her mother. So she has going through this trauma of losing her mother this entire book. She's feeling grief. There's strain between her and her father, her relationship with her best friend who's also there, her roommate, um, and basically she discovers that she has this special power, <laughs> and she doesn't know where its origins are. She doesn't know why all these things are happening to her. So she's not only like questioning the secret society and their origins of magic, but she's like questioning her own magic and how she fits into this entire puzzle. And she meets Nick. And I'm not going to go into too much detail because it gets into, like, spoilery stuff. She meets Nick, who's, like, the golden boy. And then there's Cell, who's, like, not the golden boy.
2: <laughs> but, like, kind of is. It kind of he, is. He,
0: like, runs the town a little bit. He he does. He's, like, the puppeteer behind the entire scenes. but Right. Um, right. We, we don't like him right away. <laughs> for sure. It was an instant New York Times bestseller, which we know <laughs> uh, is questionable.
2: <laughs> Having so many conversations at the New York Times.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it won, oh yeah, won Goodreads Choice Award for Best YA Fantasy. Heck it won yeah. the Ignite mm. Award for Best Young Adult Novel. Or it was a finalist story. Um, it was the winner of the ALA Coretta scott king john steptoe award for new talent in 2021 which i believe is what is now on the cover when you buy it that is the uh insignia the the little sticker that you can't peel off on the cover okay Mm -hmm. um okay that's my little synopsis let's get into these reviews um okay this is the one star review this is just a mess of teenage hormones even though i truly liked and appreciated what this book was trying to do i must say it suffered a lot with the fact that the author wanted to put a ton of things and topics inside of a small jar and she tried to make it better by creating a book with too many pages in my opinion um also do i need to say how unnecessary and utterly cliche was the romance no chemistry at all cringy and even a little bit creepy if you stop to think about the fact that Brie is only 16 years old, which is something that I I also had to stop and think about throughout this book. I'm like, she's she's a young protagonist. Um, I absolutely adore the social commentary that this book has brought, um, but unfortunately the main focus of this story <laughs> felt just too weak in a copy of many other YA fantasies. I uh, disagree. Sounds like they didn't I like, like
1: it.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's okay. Um,
0: it is okay even if you're wrong it's important. yeah it's
1: fine you're, you're entitled to your wrong opinion
0: <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> uh i mean with a four point what hmm? was it a 4.48 4. 4. it's high that's high for goodreads yeah uh okay this is the five-star review by Brittany. let's brit reads uh let's just appreciate that this is a debut book so yes this is her debut book Uh, And props to Dion because she absolutely smashed it. This book was so fun. All of these authors out here are struggling to provide crumbs of diversity. And Legendborn literally just said, let's have a little bit of everything. We have a black protagonist, her Taiwanese best friend, a non-binary character, a lesbian character, a gay character, multiple bi characters, and minor disability rep. And all dealt with and incorporated so well. I can't express how excited I got at the sheer range of the book. And when all of these things come together in a found family dynamic my heart was simply exploding i love them stan legend born for clear skin and all that jazz (laughs) hell yeah i think that is something for me that tracy also did so phenomenally like she built a world that accurately represents what the world looks like and it wasn't Mm -hmm. forced it didn't feel like it didn't fit or it didn't feel like it wasn't fleshed out. It just was like, "This is the world," and I'm like, "It is the world. Thank you for showing me what the world is reflected back at me." It was. It's just really yeah. exciting. Yeah. <sighs> She's a cool lady. Uh, please, 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 please go get "Legend Born" by Tracy Dion. You will not regret it. Um, and if you don't like it, don't tell me because you'll make me sad. Oh. Okay. Thank you. <laughs>
1: I love that. I I I own it. I need to read it. I need to read it. Alrighty. Um, my pick, my first pick. Um, I recently just finished this one like two days ago. Maybe not even. It's Malice by Heather Walters. Um, mm-hmm. I uh, like. I'm still speechless on how much I loved this book. It was so good. It was something that I wasn't expecting going into it. I was like, ooh, I heard it's sapphic. I'm going to read it. And I heard it was a retelling, (laughs) and we're doing a retelling episode. So let's do it. It follows our main character, Alice, who. Okay, first of all, first complaint of this book. I love this book, but there was no map, which really hurt my brain when trying to like world build and like figure out where everything is because there's like fake courts and like human lands it's kind of like kind of like Atar a little bit that's kind of like the vibe I was getting um so we have we have Alice okay she lives in some land I couldn't I could not tell you the name of it I listened <laughs> to the audiobook on 2x speed and I <laughs> oh <Hell> yeah <laughs> smooth <laughs> baby smooth games um because it was just so good and i was like i need to consume this book um but essentially she lives in a world where there are humans and then there are these magical people called the graces and um the graces like each person like specializes in something like some specialize in love some specialize in wisdom etc and um they all live in the grace district of this city that they live in um and they essentially make elixirs for like the noble people of their society so like if they want to make like a love potion or um i don't know if they want like great wisdom for like a date or like whatever they'll they'll go to these graces and um there's like the lavender house so that's the main one that um Alice is in um and then there's also like the Willow House and like all this and it was just like such like beautiful names I was like oh this is so like I don't know the word but I was like this is this is wholesome and like pretty um and so Alice is half Grace half Vila and Vila are known in the society as like the devil essentially no one likes them everyone hates them um but they're extinct and so she is the last like descendant of a line and so she's called mm. the dark grace and so she can produce like evil elixirs so like uh she could give people warts she could give people like i don't know like turn their hair weird colors or like whatever so she is the person that the people in the society come to to do like the worst kinds of things and so um and everyone in the society like lets her know that they don't like her and so she feels extremely um alone and like no one likes her and like all she is, is evil um and then one day and so she lives in the lavender house with um some other graces and it ki- it kind of gave me like cinderella vibes because there was two <sighs> Other graces. So there was four of them in total. And then like the headmistress. And two of them were like really, really mean to um Alice. And so I was like, this is giving me Cinderella vibes. And they nickname her Malice because her name is Alice. I was like, if that ain't Cinderella, I don't know what. <laughs> um. <laughs> and so they get invited um to a ball um for like the the royal family essentially um so the there's a king and a queen and their daughter is Aurora and she's been there's been a curse um set on her and her whole family that um every child has 21 years to live because there was 21 years worth of war I think like against the Vila or something it was cast by essentially Alice's ancestor Ancestor. yeah that's the word um and so like this whole family has been cursed and so she they're, they're throwing a ball because they need to get aurora to kiss all of these men and so they go and some which way alice and aurora bump into each other in a corridor and they're like hello <laughs> and uh they both kind of realize that they're living the same life of being excluded from everything and everyone and only being used for other people's pleasure if that makes sense um and so through trials and tribulations these two kind of like come together and are trying to find out more about how to break this curse um and it was just really good i'm not going to say much more because it gets a little spoilery but um very 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 big world and like a lot to digest a lot of history um which is why I can't remember half of it uh (laughs) but um I really enjoyed it and I really liked the visuals that you got in it and it just I don't know like I think that that was like the biggest thing for me was just like the world it like seemed so cool and I was like wow like I would like to be here it is the definition so it's going to be a duology the first book Mm -hmm. is the definition of this is my villain origin story like the definition like i hit like the last 10 like 5 10 to 5 chapters and i was like (gasps) like absolute madness i was like oh my god and i don't know i'm like i i need the second book like right now like i i my jaw was on the floor um so if that's what you're looking for you should read this book um on goodreads so there's only about um because it's it's like only been out for like two weeks now i think uh so there's about a thousand ratings um 40 44 of those are four star ratings um there's overall Mm. 4.12 um which is pretty good i mean it's only been out for two weeks but you know Mm -hmm. and then five star review from miss chloe gong herself um yeah Mm. uh she says viciously satisfying malice takes sleeping beauty and turns everything on its head cutting right to the core of this bejeweled world heather walter has given us a villain to adore and then (laughs) there's only three one star reviews so like i couldn't really find um any funny ones but this one just said the plot of malice seems intriguing to say the least but it wasn't i was bored most of the time while i was reading this book the pacing surely didn't help with this i couldn't remember what was happening when i put this book down which wasn't a good, which isn't a good sign and i was like babe me too but i still loved it um <laughs> like i think like one of I, I did find the pacing a little bit weird um but other than that like i was so immersed in the, and i think that's the, the biggest thing i look for in books is like if you can immerse me in some aspect like, whether it be world building or plot or, like, banter or whatever, then, like, then I, you got me, and, like, I'm good to go, so. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. Malice by Heather Malters. I, you I'm might so have said this, but it. I don't, I can't recall.
0: It's a Sleeping Beauty retelling, yes,
1: right? Yes, yeah. Gotcha. It is a Sleeping Beauty. And it I will say, gotcha, gotcha. it is adult. A lot of people think it's YA. It's adult. Mm-hmm. So, and check trigger warnings before you read it, please.
2: Part for the course with a lot of retellings. Yeah. Absolutely. Most of these come from, like, very violent mm-hmm. and, and, like, yeah <laughs> um i've had that on my radar for so long i'm so excited
1: it's really it. good and i i'm just i'm so excited for the like, second i'm like i need to know what happens i need to know what happens
2: have people they announced when it's have, coming no, out no
1: I but i need it
0: <laughs> people were getting it as arcs last year from neck alley right. and like they were like, y'all need to read this. And I'm like, it kind of like left my radar because so much time had passed. Yeah. But uh, the second it goes to paperback, I will buy it or it becomes available on Libby because the paper, the hardcover is mucho expansivo. I, mm.
1: I think it's on sale. It's 36. I think it's on sale right now. Not in my end. I'll buy it for you and send it to you. No.
0: But- <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'll wait for the paperback. I do, I do not need any more hardcover books. <laughs> I'll patiently wait. Fine.
2: Um, okay, so this next book that I'm going to talk about, I'm gonna try and be an adult talking about. I'm gonna be myself. Um,
0: <laughs> I'm not.
1: Go
2: I'm gonna it.
0: giggle the entire time. Please okay. do because.
2: Okay. <laughs> All <here's>, this together. <laughs> here's my disclaimer for this book. If you know me in real life, if we are related, and you listen to my podcast please skip ahead now. Thank you for Um, the support, but no. No. (laughs) If you decide to listen to me talk about this book, know that we can never talk about it. Ever. Um, Because I don't know that I can have an actual conversation with, like, my family about this book. And you're about to find out why, so... Uh, I read the first book in the Wicked Villains series mm. by Katie Roberts um, and it is called Desperate Measures and it is basically an Aladdin retelling and what this series is, this is book one in the series, but I'm pretty mm. sure they're all kind of standalone so it doesn't necessarily matter what order you read them in. Don't quote me on that though. I'm gonna read them in the order it's suggested online. Um, because yes, I am going to read all of them.
0: I'm proud of you. Um, You've come so far as a romance writer. I,
2: I, I haven't even said anything. No, Nobody knows what this But uh, why I'm getting so worked up about this book. So, um, it's book one in a seven book series. So it's books. six, six novels and one short story collection. And, uh, essentially... This is uh, Villain Erotica. <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and uh I had seen the series featured on Instagram, which was how it hit my radar. Somebody made like a feed post oh dedicated my <laughs> to this series. And they were like, it's adult, it's retellings, it's focused on the villain's in the story, and I was like, sold, mm-hmm. let me do this. And I start listening to this audiobook, <laughs> which there it is, it is quite the experience listening to an erotica novel. No. Let me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you. Oh, God. So, basically, what katie has done with this series is um the main character is jasmine and aladdin is the villain
0: Mm, knew it
2: but like genuinely the villain we're rooting for jafar in this one so she's kind of taken the villain of the story we know Mm -hmm. and I would not say put them in the hero role. Like everybody is still a villain, but it's like she's made everybody villains. Oh. Gotcha. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, uh and how all these books are connected because it's basically like they're in the same universe. Um there's this it takes place in this city called Carver City and Hades is the owner of the underworld, which is uh this like membership only sex club hell yeah (laughs) and it feels it i have never read a mafia romance but it has that like mafia vibe to me where like everybody is making deals with each other like um people run certain parts of the city Mm -hmm. and things like that and so when the book opens you meet jasmine and she is caged up in her house no, she's 25 I... years old uh, her dad is like this big what I would assume is like a mob boss kind of kind of deal um, and she has just been essentially sold into her marriage
0: classic trope
2: yeah uh, and she doesn't want it so she's trying to figure out if she can escape. But her father has done the dirtiest deed of all, and she will not get her trust fund money until she turns 30. Oh. Which makes no sense. Oh. (laughs) But this is that world. Um, And, you know, she's a daughter, so obviously she can't take over his business. Blah, blah 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 the
0: sexism in this world such
2: yeah yeah it's like it it's it's an interesting read like it's definitely one of those reads where like some people are gonna really enjoy it and some people are gonna be like this is not it mm. for me yeah um and I feel like I fall somewhere in between gotcha. <laughs> so um the I guess uh, inciting incident is that Jafar ends up taking over her dad's corporation uh, and dealing with her dad. And he comes to her room and he's like, I am going to own you. And she's like, no. (laughs) And he was like, you can either, like, say yes and come with me or um, (laughs) – You, If you can run to the front door of the house, you will be free. And she was like, well, I need my trust fund. And he was like, no, I own all of your father's assets now. And so she tries to make a break for it. Shocker. He catches her. And then we are thrown into this really weird sex scene. <laughs> And,
0: oh. and you're you're
2: just let you they let you know right off the bat that this is uh, an erotica novel. It is
0: what it is. It's just it
2: is what it is. is um so and it's it's so weird. I'm mm. <laughs> so <laughs> then the rest of the book is like Jafar taking her to his apartment. It's very like a la Christian gray uh where she like uh i feel like anastasia had a little bit more freedom than jasmine because she could like go to her job um (laughs) but yes jasmine uh cannot leave the apartment and part of it is that jafar wants to like own her but the other part of it is that she has like never left her father's house so she quite literally doesn't know the city and it's like detrimental to her safety Also, the person that she was supposed to marry is Ali, and he is, like, going to kill her.
0: So... What did Jasmine do to anybody in this story? She just exists, and everyone's like, I will own you, or I will kill you. She's like, I'm just here. (laughs) Literally. 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 So...
2: um. This is where we're at in the story. And we get both Jasmine and Jafar's point of views. It's very much like Dom sub stuff. Uh, He takes her to the underworld. You start to meet some of the characters that are presumably going to pop up in the other stories in this series. We get to meet Tank, who is a stylist, Um, we meet Hook, we meet Hades, we meet Megara. And it, you know, (laughs) I have said that I am very new to the romance genre, and I have entered it via rom coms. So it's very interesting stepping into this realm of the romance genre, uh, via this door
1: yes. <laughs> that I have chosen.
2: Absolutely. Um, so I'm intrigued enough to read at least one, if not two more of the books in this series, mm-hmm. uh, just cause I want to see if they are like a little bit different. Uh, and it is very much like a, you're not really coming into this for the plot. Yeah. Cause, uh, it's there, but it's not. <laughs> um, and
0: yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to talk about this book. I really don't. If I'm being completely honest with you, and this is me being very transparent and vulnerable in this moment, stories like that, mm-hmm. that I've read, purely Wattpad or like AO3 stories. So the fact that this was, I assume published, um, it was. Um, it's kind of funky. It's kind of funky because I'm like, I hear you talking about these tropes. I'm like, okay, that's t- yeah, like that's part of the course of like the online fan fiction that you read and you don't tell anybody that you're reading. you're like, yes, you will never which admit. is why
2: I cannot believe that I'm talking about it on
0: this podcast. <laughs> But I, I the thing is everyone reads stuff like this like it's exactly so you know if this, like
2: this sounds like it's right up your alley congratulations we can DM about it if not <laughs> never talk to me about it
0: never bring it up <laughs> um, I will, I will say like I've read stories like this obviously but I've never like I'm making my way through the L J Shen canon so I'm like I've read stories like this mm. but mm-hmm. um, I've never listened to the audiobook so I feel like you are much braver than I. <laughs> it, <it's, laughs> Quite the experience. I I don't
2: know. if I like it. or...
0: What? But... I just. Yeah. I I I started listening to one romance book audiobook and I was like, I I can't do it. I can't do it. And it wasn't even like super explicit, so I can't imagine. I've done
2: like all the Brown sisters. Yeah. On audiobook, and I've done a couple others. Um. But I I just. I didn't know I was going to be reading an erotica novel and then after I finished it I googled it to find out like (laughs) what realm of the romance genre it falls into and lo and behold right there it says erotica series and I was like Oh, hello. Uh so let me give you some stats to wrap this up because I've been talking about this book for far too long. Um <laughs> the average rating is a 3.57 out of 4200 ratings, but it only has 892 reviews, which I thought was really interesting. Um the lead for stars is with the four stars at 37%, five stars is 18%, and one stars is 3%. So the one star review for this is I downloaded this Kindle book for free and thought I would give it a try. I thought how fun would a smutty Aladdin retelling be? Well, I was pretty disappointed in this. I thought about DNFing it, but I was still an insanely it was still an insanely fast read, so I figured I would finish it. There was too much sexy times and not enough plot, and the plot that was there was eh, and the sexy times were just eh for me too to be honest. The underworld aspect wasn't for me either, so I will not be continuing this series. If you love reading about kinky, obedient sex and nothing else, that def- then definitely pick this one up. There is always a reader out there for everything. Um, and I thought this was a pretty good. That's like one star review. That's a fair one star like, review. <laughs> um, because yeah, I think the best way to describe it is kinky, obedient <laughs> sex. And like when you think about the like the underworld, like there is a lot of like orgy stuff. Yeah. Too. So it's it's a lot. It's a it's a lot that I was not prepared about to talk about on the internet. Oh my god. It's okay. Um, We're all adults here. I am I an adult. Uh and so the five star review is I have no idea what is going on in Ms. Roberts' head, but I totally love and approve. I like you. Wicked villains are the fairy tales that your mother never shared because she kept that little fantasy to herself. It truly is wicked, but you end up loving it. And again, I would totally agree with that too. Like it is deep and dark and twisted and like a little bit fucked up. Uh for some people they like reading about that kind of stuff so
0: i mean if people like love den of vipers it does not surprise me that people like desperate measures so i feel like yeah teach their own
2: my friends exactly exactly i cannot believe i
0: just talked about this book on the podcast but i did read it so well not that i know not. it's on kindle unlimited or on kindle at least you got it for free i assume it's on kindle unlimited uh maybe i'll read it so we can talk about it <laughs>
2: Please. Here's the thing. I say that I don't want to talk about it with anybody, but I also feel like I need somebody else to read it so that I can like pick somebody else's brain that has read this level of erotica.
0: Oh my god, because... is that a read? It feels like a read. <laughs> what? It feels like a read. Uh, I'm sorry. I just you made me laugh. <laughs> I don't know what I said. <laughs> you're just like someone else who's read this level of erotica. I'm like, what What kind of person do you think I am? <laughs> what kind of depraved
1: reader do you think I am? <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. But but hey, that's the
0: thing. That's why it's a read.
2: I'm like, you're right. You're correct. Exactly. Also, like, the reason I saw it was because it was featured on an Instagram feed post. Like, okay. clearly people are reading it and enjoying it. And I'm like, I just need to dissect this with someone so that I can, like, understand in case I do want
0: to get into this
2: yeah, level of romance, you know? Heck yeah,
0: I mean, the thing is, like, there's so much of it that it's, like, even, like, the Fifty Shades of Grey success, right? Like, there's people who are mm-hmm. interested in reading these books, and there's, once you go looking for it, there is so much of it. Like, the volume of oh, books yeah. that center around, like, BDSM stuff, erotica, like, any kind of, like, really high explicit content uh that means people want it like there is demand for it because there is there's people who are interested in reading it so it definitely feels like something that like adult book clubs like titter about they're like yes (laughs) which makes me google Um, yes but, yeah. but also,
2: I'm like scared to talk to other people about this book because, like,
0: ooh. you know what? I'm the one who was called out for having all those naked men on my Goodreads book challenge. So you're talking to the right person. If you ever want to know <laughs> what kind of depraved things I'm reading, just follow me on Goodreads. They're all there. Oh lord. Okay. Okay. My next book is. These Violent Delights by Chloe Gong, who actually gave a review for Carly's book earlier, which is very exciting. Thank you. Yeah. Um, These Violent Delights has a 4.0 uh rating on Goodreads, so pretty darn good. With um 35% being five star, 37% being four-star, which is like the biggest uh percentage, and then about one percent. Mm. Uh, one star reviews, which is about three hundred and twenty-seven. So pretty, pretty good. um Yeah. I'll do some quick content warnings, which this actually came. Chloe did a review of her own book on Goodreads. She has some author notes as well, so this is her own content warnings for her work, which is pretty cool. Heck yeah. Uh, she also gave herself five stars, which I love. I'm like, you wrote it, you deserve to give yourself oh, yeah. five stars. Uh, this book contains mention and descriptions of blood, violence, gore, character death, explicit description of gouging self, not of their own volition, mm. murder, weapon use, insects, alcohol consumption, and parental abuse. So These Violent Delights is a Romeo and Juliet retelling. If you could not tell from the name. Um, <laughs> it takes place in 1926 Shanghai. Where our protagonist Juliet is the daughter of the leader of the Scarlet Gang, and she is like a a bad bee. She, um, (laughs) she does not take anyone's anything. She is, she has some of my favorite passages from the book where she just like you're like, This woman is, she means business. Um, and then there is the rival gang in Shanghai, which is the White Flowers, who are a gang of, I believe they're Russian? Yeah, they're Russian. Um, and Roma, who is the Romeo character, is the son of the leader. So basically, it's this forbidden love between... Ooh. Well, it's unquestionably even love. Um, between Juliet and Roma, mm-hmm. who... They cannot be together, but Mm. they were. So, basically, the story opens on there's this monster who is targeting Shanghai. And, basically, this monster appears, and then people will start to, like, gouge and rip their faces off and their heads. So, it's very graphic. I will say that. Chloe's not joking Mm -hmm. when she says it's quite graphic. Um and once the person starts they cannot stop. So basically this epidemic is is spreading across the city and within them trying to solve this mystery of what is going on with this monster. um, There's also like gang relations and there's like communists and communist agenda happening in Shanghai at the same time. They're trying to figure out who is involved in this conspiracy, because basically these communists have come to Shanghai and they're selling this antidote for this craze and this wildness that overtakes people to hurt themselves, and so Roma and Juliet have to team up up to solve this mystery. Um, They are (laughs) friends to enemies (laughs) to lovers to enemies to love like it's really back and forth uh for sure Wibberish. um this actually was a book that I wasn't the biggest fan of when I finished it I, I had so many mixed feelings after I finished it but it is mm-hmm. an excellent retelling of Romeo and Juliet it you can pull out specific plot points like you can follow it basically plot point from plot point through Romeo and Juliet um, but what she what Chloe does really well is she takes spins on them. So it feels very faithful. It's really phenomenal because Chloe is a university student. She's extremely young. This is her debut novel and it for being a debut novel, this really achieves something quite amazing. It's mm-hmm. the writing feels very mature. I have some issues with like, the percentage of dialogue to description there's not a lot of dialogue in the book i wish there was more Mm -hmm. speaking we get a lot of uh just a lot of like explaining and observing and atmospheric rating and i wish we had a little bit more like information from characters speaking and having conversations but Mm -hmm. um there are some there's some queer rep there's some um there's obviously like diverse casting this is a casting she says like it's a tv show Uh, diverse characters um but i have two reviews so this one star review i think is actually really well written it's really really long so i'm just gonna read the headers of each paragraph because she's done like one sentence of what she talks about but uh her name is veronica so if you're looking for like a very in-depth um and like well-thought-out one-star review, I would recommend that. Um, She wrote, TLDR, good editors are important. Um, I've been reading so many ARCs recently, I had to remind myself that this isn't one of them. I know I've been especially harsh when it comes to asian american ya books but i was actually rooting for this one i wanted chloe to succeed i was super excited for this even before all the hype because gangsters retelling shanghai also Romeo and juliet no matter how you feel about them they are the og star cross lovers and ultimate love tragic story it's like a goldmine for angst longing and whatever kind of feels you want to throw in which made the fact that this was terrible that much more disappointing If you're used to the whole diamond in a rough analogy, this was really, really rough. Like there was so much untapped potential, but it just needs extensive editing. There's too much going on. Things didn't make sense. Characters weren't interesting. Romance was a hot mess. The writing was painful at times. The setting is really the only thing that has anything going for it. Major props to Chloe Gong for publishing a book as a college student When I was an undergrad, I was making weird videos with my friends and running around our hallway, so good for her. (laughs) I think this is a missed opportunity. With a little coaching and some extensive editing, this could have been an incredible book. Unfortunately, just a shining example of untapped potential. Um, I think there's some valid points within that, um, for sure, but also, I think I liked it more than, I think I ended up, I gave it like a three and a half stars, I think. Um, and then five star is by friend of the podcast, Kate, Kate's books. So I will go into what she said. Uh, now let's talk about, she hasn't got very long. Kate has like very, very long Goodreads reviews. So I just pulled part of it. (laughs) So it feels like we're jumping in at a weird spot, but she talks about each thing individually. So I pulled her talking about the characters and about the actual writing style. Uh, Now let's talk about Roma and Juliet. Roma is our Romeo. He seems cold and cunning but secretly cares so deeply about those he loves. And then there's Juliet. She's ruthless and violent and dedicated to her people. They are great protagonists, and I adore them so much. But also let's talk about them as a couple because this is Romeo and Juliet retelling so that's kind of important. One worry I get from with Romeo and Juliet retellings is it relies on insta love but this book most most certainly does not. Not only is the main relationship enemies to lovers, but childhood sweethearts to enemies to lovers, so we get a whole extra level of angst. If this isn't enough to make you want to read it, I don't know what is. I absolutely love them together, and I can't wait to see what happens in the next book. The first thing that amazed me about this book was the writing style. The writing of this book is beautiful and includes so much depth in every line without ever feeling extremely dense or too flowery. It sets the tone for the book, creating a dark atmosphere with a bite. Speaking of the atmosphere, the setting is absolutely astounding. I can't imagine the amount of research that went into creating such a vibrant and grounded world. Uh, While there are some fantasy aspects, it is well developed, so it only made the world feel more real. Um, And then Kate includes some of her her own trigger warnings at the end. And uh, it's really amazing to see what Chloe was able to do at such a young age. She has a really bright future ahead of her. And uh, her next book comes out quite soon. These Violent, Our Violent Ends, I think it's called, is the second book in the duology. It comes out in the fall, I think. I don't know. Don't quote me on it. I think so. I think they just did the cover. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yep.
1: All right. That's it for me. My next pick um, was one that I specifically bought the full audiobook for. No credits no audible credits I I paid for the full amount which was like $34.99 too much money in my opinion um this book is called a study in Charlotte by Brittany Cavallero. um trigger warnings addiction rape murder poison bombing at school campus um and an inappropriate use of the term spirit animal um already what is this book about this book is a Sherlock Holmes and Watson retelling um I'm gonna preface this by saying I have not read the original contents of those books <laughs> <So> <laughs> I don't know um how much that would have changed my opinion on this book but essentially the premise is we have jamie watson who is a boy um he grew up in london and then his parents divorced like when he was young and his dad went to go live in connecticut and for some reason i can't remember um he gets sent to connecticut to go to this boarding school i can't for the life of me remember what it's called Uh (laughs) um But this boarding school, it, like, gives me, like, dark academia vibes with, like, like grungy hipster people, Mm. you Mm know. Um, Very, like, spooky vibes. Um, And while he's there, uh, there is a Miss Charlotte Holmes who they just so they both of them just so happen to be the descendants of... (laughs) Sherlock and uh, Watson. Watson, yeah, we'll just go with Watson. Charlotte uh, runs like a poker ring every Saturday or something like that, and uh, she's kind of like known at the school for like being like kind of like the edgy one, you know, like kind of like manic pixie dream girl, but like Sherlock Holmes mm. added to it. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds like a tumbler nightmare. My biggest <laughs> right. <laughs> and see, okay. <laughs> So I'm going to, I'm going to get through, I'm going to get through this a little bit and then I'm going to go into it. Um, so basically what happens is Jamie is like in love with Charlotte. They've barely spoken to each other, but he just thinks she's so cool. And um, one day he's sitting in the quad with his friends and one of them speaks badly of her. <laughs> so he punches him and uh charlotte comes running over and is like i don't need you to defend me uh anyway the next morning turns out the guy that he punched is dead and everyone thinks it was him but it wasn't and so some which way i think either the night of either the night it happens i think yeah the night it gets reported um one of the nights following, um, Charlotte and Jamie run into each other and realize that they're both trying to sneak into the crime scene to see what happened. Um, and through this they kind of realize that they work really well together. And um as time progresses, uh, more students are turning up dead, like murdered. Um, and no one knows why. There's some rumors that it's Jamie, there's some rumors that it's Charlotte but They're both trying to work together to uh, figure out what is going on. And uh, I was looking at the reviews and a lot of people were saying that it like there's a lot of the original source material that gets brought into um, this retelling, just like within the cases and everything. So um, I did find like the cases were interesting. I just <laughs> I think I would have enjoyed this book so much more if it was told through two points of views. We only get Jamie Watson's point of view this entire book Mm. except for the very last chapter. The very last chapter was my favorite chapter. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I don't know. I think I would have enjoyed Charlotte more if I got to be in her head instead of Jamie's very like, yeah, I would have enjoyed her more if I got to see her out of Jamie's extraordinarily biased opinion of her, which is like insta love i'm in love with you we are perfect um and i also like like from that of him i was just like not interested in like what he was saying um but i enjoyed what the author was trying to do and i think it was like they were trying to do this like dark academia sherlock watson retelling um i just think that like the carryout wasn't all there like i i wasn't really invested in the plot i wasn't really invested in watson and sherlock's interactions because they were so just like extreme um there was no like quiet moments that they got it was just like bam, bam 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 um so yeah um On Goodreads, it has a 3.78 overall rating. Um, There are 47,000 ratings. uh, 40% of the ratings are four stars. Um, And the uh, one-star review is, What a truly dreadful book. After a point, I started envying Fifty Shades as a truer retelling of the source material.
0: Like
2: like it's a truer retelling of Twilight. Yeah, that's
0: my question.
1: Than a study in Charlotte is of Sherlock Holmes. Um and then So this five-star review, and here's the thing, is like a lot of the people like a lot of the five-star reviews are people who are like big Sherlock um and Watson fans and who have read the source material, so I'm like, maybe this just wasn't for me. So um this A five star review says a study in Charlotte is a truly fun and entertaining young adult mystery novel with a fabulous with a fabulous first installment. The plot was engaging well written and unexpected. I especially enjoyed how the author weaved in actual tales of Sherlock Holmes as a way for the antagonist to taunt the famous pair of comrades. I felt the mystery was really well done, keeping me guessing throughout the entirety of the story and surprising me in the end. So again, I think what the for me, I think what the author was trying to do was there. I just think that the carry out for me and like who I am as a reader just wasn't like this book wasn't for me, but it might be something for you. So,
2: retweet, there we have yeah. it.
1: I also haven't read Sherlock Holmes, yeah. And it's like a series. This this book, right? Is like a, it's a series. I
2: just saw somebody talking about it on TikTok, mm. oh. I think they were unhauling it. <laughs> <Retweet>. <laughs> Uh, My last book Let's do it So I am going to talk to y'all about Girl Serpent Thorn By Melissa Bacherdust I think that's how you say her last name Uh, We're bringing it back to YA After my very spicy uh, Last book So Girl Serpent Thorn Uh, I had a really interesting experience Reading it I listened to the audiobook I really liked it I would recommend the audiobook. Um I'm not totally in love with this book, mm-hmm. but I think it's a really interesting retelling. And for me, it introduced me to so much mythology and um like lore from cultures that I know nothing about, which was super exciting. And in the author's note, Melissa has like her entire source list of what characters her characters are inspired by and the different stories that she used. So for me, it's kind of like a gateway into exploring all of these different mythologies and cultures that I have never looked into and found super interesting just from reading her story. Uh, so it is a Persian inspired, uh, steeped in Iranian culture, um, heavily influenced by 19th century short story, Rapa Chini's Daughter. Not totally sure I'm saying that right. Um, and it has a mix of Persian and Zoroastrian mythology. So it's kind of like a melting pot of retellings, uh, which was really cool, uh, especially once reading, like listening to the author's note. Um, So our main character is Soraya, and she is a princess, but she is cursed. She cannot touch anybody. If she does, she will kill them. And she has a twin brother who is the uh, Shah of their land. And she has this really weird relationship with her family because she has a twin brother who she can't touch because he's going to be the ruler. And if she kills him, it's not going to go well. (laughs) Um, She can't touch her mom. uh, And... Depending on the time of year, the family goes to a different palace, but she remains at the same one year round. So she only sees her family for a certain number of weeks every year. Wow. And you kind of find out that um, her curse is like connected to her mom and uh, she really doesn't like being cursed <laughs> but she's really struggling with like being seen as a monster by people uh and wanting to live a full life when she can't mm-hmm. um and she kind of finds out that there might be a lie somewhere in her curse no.
1: mm-hmm.
2: And she is trying to figure out who is telling her the truth. What is the truth? What is going on? And, uh, there is this demon who ends up being captured. And Soraya knows that if she talks to this demon, she is going to get some answers. Um, and at the same time, uh, There is a new guy on the block that's like come with the procession uh because her brother is about to get married. And there's a little bit of like YA sexual tension going on, but there there are a lot of unanswered questions, right? And shockingly there is so much action that happens in like the first quarter of the book uh and then the rest of the book is kind of reconciling actions that happen in the beginning while also still trying to get answers um it is also sapphic which is exciting um and even though i wasn't like fully fully invested in it as much as I really wanted to be there was so much of it that was like twists turns had no idea what was going to happen which was really really exciting um and I would definitely recommend it uh I know that not everybody is like totally sold by it but I think the writing style was really interesting. I found the characters to be pretty interesting. And just the, like I said at the beginning, where it comes from is so fascinating. Uh, So getting into the ratings, it has a 3.37 average rating on reads out of 14,275 readings uh four stars are in the lead with 41 percent and one stars are at one percent so a one star mm-hmm. review and i will preface this by saying this is the kind of review that i could totally see authors getting upset by okay uh and you'll <laughs> see why this is a sad world full of useless people who are under the false impression that they have some sort of talent Melissa Boscher appears to be one of them. If this book had an editor, you can add that name to the list as well. One can only hope that these people will find their true calling soon and make the world of literature safe for educated readers once again. Ooh, that's not a good
0: take. <laughs> that's not a good take. <laughs>
1: wow.
0: Ooh. <laughs> so I <laughs> that hurts.
2: Just
1: yeah, like no.
2: That's not like it's not a review.
1: <laughs> not even constructive criticism. It's, it's just bashing. Bashing. It's just mean. Yeah.
2: And the 5-star review. Um I pulled out just a really short one. This was so good. Yay. If you love queer fairy tales, especially of the non-western variety, do not do not do not miss this Persian inspired bisexual one. Hell
0: yeah. That's so exciting. I love that. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. that is *Girl, Serpent, Thorn*. It is also a very pretty cover. It is very so. pretty.
1: Very it pretty. was part of a book box Ugh,
0: mm-hmm. last year.
1: It wasn't like it wasn't the page like it was. Yeah, like it was green. like a mint
0: green or something. It just so red green. Yeah, it was cool. Heck yeah. Um. Okay, my last book. I'm going to make this short and sweet because the book itself is short and sweet. It is under 300 pages, 280 something pages. So she is a quick read. Um, my last book is Pride by Eevee's a Boy, uh, which is a Pride and Prejudice remix, which I like. The authors chose to call it a remix rather than a retelling, and I appreciate that language. I think it totally fits the concept that uh, she went with the book. It's sitting at a 3.77 star rating on Goodreads um, with four stars being the highest percentage at about 43%, that being about 9,000 reviews, and then the one star review sitting at about 1%. And this truly is just a Pride and Prejudice retelling set in Bushwick in New York, um, and it is... it's basically about gentrification of this neighborhood at kind of in the bare bones of it. Um, Mm -hmm. It follows Zuri, who is our Elizabeth character, Zuri Bennett's I think that's how you say it. Um, And her older sister, Janae, her three younger sisters, Marisol and Kayla and Layla. Um, (laughs) And across the street, because they live in this like tiny one, basically one bedroom apartment uh, that her and her sisters all share the living room. And then her parents live in the bedroom and they are just totally squished in there. And then across the street is this mini mansion that has been renovated and it's super rich <laughs> people's business. Uh, and the Darcy family moves in, the two sons being Darius and Ainsley. So Darius is the Darcy character. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it starts this long, what's not long, this book's less than 300 pages, but it starts, um, they move in and there's immediately tensions between the two families because they're in extremely different socioeconomic categories and brackets. Um, and kind of out, underlying this entire journey is Zuri's, She's writing this essay to get into Howard University. So she's trying to basically write a love letter to her neighborhood, and she talks about how in one of the passages, um, if you don't know, the author, uh, E.B. wrote she co-wrote Punching the Air. So she's written a lot of poetry. Uh, so poetry is intermingled into this, and there's a passage uh, that Zuri writes about how every year the music of Bushwick gets quieter and quieter because people leave and how if you live in Bushwick, oh. you are a musician and you add to the music of it. It's really beautiful. Oh my god. Um, And it's a quick read and like it's it, it follows pretty well the Pride and Prejudice. I mean, at this point there's so many Pride and Prejudice retellings that aren't even really Pride and Prejudice retellings. <laughs> they just kind of follow this like rivals or like Weird acquaintance to lover kind of uh, tropes, but I liked right. the the soul at the bottom of this like Afro Latina retelling of this story. It's it was really mm-hmm. a, a fun take on it, and I think it added a lot to Pride and Prejudice, uh, seeing it through this lens. Yeah. Um, yeah. The one star review. Um, is from user Morticia. When I found out about this book, I was really excited. Culturally Diverse Pride and Prejudice Retelling is definitely a book I wanted to read since I am a true Jane Austen fan. This book was not it for me at all. I never DNF a book because I always hope it'll get better. But I must say, I really wanted to put this book down so many times throughout but I didn't. I did not like the main character, Zuri, at all. It wasn't pride that she had. It was hate for everyone not like her and her family. I really try hard to stay away from such negativity and prejudices, so I have to say I could not recommend this book. Um, I mean, we get one, mm-hmm. we get just Zuri's point of view um, in this book, mm-hmm. so I think, like, we need to look through it, through it like, as white readers and i don't know the ethnicity uh, or race of this viewer but i know for me as a white reader i need Mm -hmm. to read that read this book through a lens that is not my own and understand that there's like an element Mm -hmm. to it that i will not understand but i can empathize with right like if your neighborhood is being taken over by people and basically uh turned into something that it's not there's probably feelings around that right Right. And I mean, like, the whole oh history of gentrification and such, it's a long and a, 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 a thing that there's a lot of moving parts of that. So, yeah, I think right. that's important to keep in mind while reading this book as well. Uh, the Five Star Review by Elizabeth Turnbull. She has a couple quotes from the book that I'm going to skip. Uh, Zuri is a beautiful mix of vulnerability and strength and pride. This novel is such a beautiful and raw exploration of gentrification, class divides, family ties, and being an Afro-Latina girl in America. There is a love story here, but it's secondary. Zuri's journey is coming into herself is the focus, and it's a pleasure to witness. I share so few experiences with Zuri on the surface, but so many moments in this story resonate deeply with me and sat in my heart. I found myself at tears in the end. Sad to say goodbye to this ferociously independent girl, who's sure of who she is and where she belongs. Wow. And it's it's a quick it's a quick read, it's a YA retelling of Pride I and Prejudice. It it's like also like the inside art, is so beautiful. Uh, it's a really beautiful book. Stunning. Wow. Um, and it's also like relatively cheap. It it's is. like thirteen bucks Canadian, ten bucks American.
1: I just looked on. Indigo. Uh, so yeah. it's
0: not. <laughs> super out of budget it's I think it's a what I would love to see this book is to be read in schools right if people are reading Pride and Mm. Prejudice to have this being read alongside it and having a conversation about like how this book brings the themes of Pride and Prejudice into a modern lens lens. and like specifically the character of Elizabeth Bennet she's kind of like this like iconic female protagonist and how right how she looks like in in the modern world and how uh how she was so contrary in her time and what that looks like now and how we can celebrate that now i think that's really exciting uh, yeah. so i i gave this a four stars i think this is really great i wish it was like there's like a weird insta love moment but like we kind of get that in pride and prejudice too so i'm like i can't blame right. this mm-hmm. book because it, it's in the source material too but uh i really yeah. enjoyed it Great! We did it! Get out of my swamp! Um, my Shrek impression? Shrek? What kind of retelling would Shrek be?
1: I have a current read that kind of tails off on blurry. this conversation. <laughs> um... So it's called, I haven't started it yet. <laughs> I want to read it. So I'm going to talk about it because that's always what ends up. If y'all ever notice that I don't do reviews, it's because I usually don't end up reading the books that I talk about, even though I want to. <laughs> anyway, that's besides the point. <laughs> so this one is called, uh, she's to Pretty to burn by Wendy Hurd. It is a picture of Dorian Gray inspired oh. retelling and it is sapphic um so the the little i again i could not i couldn't put it in my own words so i'm just going to read a little synopsis the summer is winding down in san diego veronica is bored um and uninspired with her photography nico is insatiable submersive and obsessive with chaotic and obsessed with chaotic performance art they're artists first best friends second but that was before mick delicate lonely magnetic mick the perfect subject in veronica's dream girl the days are long and hot full of adventure and soon they're all falling in love falling so hard they never imagine what comes next one fire two murders three drowning bodies one suspect one stalker this is a summer they won't survive whoa and it just sounds so intense and it's ya and it's sapphic and i'm just like i need to read this book i have it on my shelf i need to read it there you go oh yeah, that's what I'm going to be currently reading. Uh, What about y'all? What about y'all?
2: I am finishing up a book that in our current time comes out in a couple days. Um, I kind of wish I had read it a little bit sooner so I could have t- done it on a podcast episode closer to when it comes out. But I think it's been out for like two weeks by the time this episode comes out. Um, and it is Realm Breaker by... Victoria Aveyard. Um, I just want to say a big thank you to Epic Reads um, and Harper Teen for sending me an advanced reader copy so I could read it before it releases. Um, and this is Victoria Aviard's new series. She is the author of the Red Queen series, and this is a completely new YA high fantasy. Um, if you are feeling a shadow and bone, slump after watching the show and re-watching the show and rereading the books mm-hmm. and you're looking for something new that's going to reinvigorate you and give you something to be super excited about. I think Realm Breaker might be just that. It is um, a band of misfits who uh, are the B-team coming to save the day after the A-team completely loses in battle and there are only two survivors. Uh, It's also like, what if Lord of the Rings had way more female characters? (laughs) Yes! And it's every character is so well thought out and has their place. So we have a squire, Andre Trelland, who was at the failed battle and is uh, trying to figure out how he's going to help save the world because there is imminent danger. Um, Then we have the immortal Dom. Uh, I cannot pronounce his name. It's like... A very high fantasy name, so I'm not even going to try. Um, and he is part of this, um, species doesn't feel like the right word, race, uh, of people. And in this world, there used to be things called spindles, which would connect worlds. Mm. And the spindles have been broken, Mm. And when they broke, this race of people was on this world called the Ward. um, And they have been stuck there ever since. So he is part of that race of people who um, just kind of like exist among humans. They keep to themselves. They have their own society. Everybody kind of like knows about them, but they're kind of lore slash like they kind of believe they exist, but no one ever really sees them. Um, And so he was also at this battle. Mm. Then we have Mm. an assassin, uh, Sarasa. Sarasa. Um, And if you were looking for a new assassin to fall in love with... Good. She's it. Uh, Then we have the pirate's daughter... Mm. Uh, Corinne, who, um who is kind of at the crux of saving the world, but she doesn't know it yet. Um, and she is fighting with uh, being told by her mother how she's going to live her life, even though her mother is a pirate and gets to go off on adventures at sea. Uh, mm-hmm. And Corrine just wants to live her life and not be stuck where she is. Um, and there are just so many interesting people. And I feel like every time I think I can kind of see where it's going, there's like a twist. And uh, God, Victoria Aveyard pulled out all the stops for this book. And I'm so excited to talk about it with people. Um, and yeah, I would definitely recommend it.
1: Hmm. I'm so excited. I walked into work today and saw it on the back shelves, like in the back. We can't put them on the floor yet, obviously. And I screamed. <laughs> I was like, I need it. And I literally, my manager was like, you're not allowed to touch it. I was like, mm, I want
0: to. So yeah, that's i Breaker. Um, I'm, what I'm currently reading, we're going to save <laughs> for a deep dive podcast, I am currently reading *The Crown of Gilded Bones* by Jennifer L. Armitrout. We are making the right. trudging through it. I, I will save all of my unfiltered <laughs> thoughts about yeah. episodes, so please stay tuned because I have uh, many of them. But I will talk about a book I read during my uh, uh exams, which I shouldn't have read, but I did. Uh, mm-hmm. It's *The Bridge Kingdom* by Jennifer L. Jensen. It was oh, wow. hot, but talk for a hot second. Right. Um, I gave it three stars, which feels generous in retrospect. I it, I was not the biggest fan of it. Oh. Uh, so it follows this girl named Lara, who is the daughter of the king of Meridrina. Also, it's like one of those like books that the the world just seems a little bit like, why does everything have to have such a long name? Um, and basically, her and her sisters right. have been raised since birth to be like killing machines. So she... Uh, the book opens on this dinner between her and her sisters where her father, the king, and all of his advisors have picked one daughter who will be the bride to this opposing kingdom. And she finds out that if she's not selected, whoever's not selected gets killed. So she Mm -hmm. kills all of her sisters. (laughs) She's like, "Eh, so she can be picked. Uh, And we find out later that she didn't actually kill them. She gave them a way to escape. Cause she's got a heart of gold underneath all the hard exterior. Uh, but she is given to the king, Aaron. His name is King Aaron, and he uh, he is the king of the Bridge Kingdom, and it's called the Bridge Kingdom because there's a big bridge. That bridge is I don't I truly don't <laughs> understand much of this world. If I'm being completely honest, um, it's very confusing. I also read it very quickly uh but it's this big bridge that allows basically like resources to cross and um it's like this they're enemies for sure it's just the way this book is written doesn't make a whole lot of sense like okay she's this like uh lara's is like kick-ass like mm-hmm. i don't want to say she's she's basically an assassin right she's so uh, i forgot to say this so the premise of him training his daughters to be killers in the desert in total seclusion for their entire life was that one of them would be gifted to this king to murder him so that then their country could take over this country so they could have the bridge. Oh. So I, that's, like, the entire plot. I'm so Weird. sorry for not saying <laughs> um, <laughs> So she goes on the premise of, like, they have all these secret codes that... She's going to write in letters to them, and she's going to murder the king, and then she's going to make her way back to her father, and it's going to be great. Uh, so she, there's been, there's multiple times in the book where she, like, poisons people to, like, go to sleep for a really long time, but she's never caught, mm. and I'm like, she's not exactly, like, subtle about it. Mm. So I'm like, it just has this level of, like, not believability. Also, there's, like, for an adult romance, it's basically adult romance with, like, a fantasy Subplot basically, right? There's not, there's no romance. Like they don't, they don't even consummate the marriage in the first book. And I'm like, (laughs) it's fine, but it's maybe they do. You know, don't quote me on that. I read it so fast. Um, but a huge premise of this book is that Lara can't swim, and the Bridge Kingdom is like surrounded by this like crazy water. So, there's, like, multiple times Mm -hmm. that she basically, like, dies in the water, which I'm like, could we stop? Like, she, like, she does this training while he's away where she sits in a rowboat on shore for, like, days on end to get used to the waves so she doesn't have a panic attack when she's in the water. Um, Mm -hmm. it just, and then the end of the book ends with this big, like, cliffhanger thing. Uh... But it's not on Kindle Unlimited, so I don't think I'm going to read the sequel because I don't want to pay for it. So if anyone won- just wants Ballad. to DM me and tell me how the second book ends, uh, <laughs> you'd be the real one. Uh, I, th- I know a lot of people love it. The, the like description on Goodreads says, if you are a fan of Akatar and from Blood and Ash, you will love this book. And I feel like that just says like what the style of book is. And that's okay. not a read. It's just like mm. romance heavy, but I feel like... If you want that, I would just read from Blood and Ash. Because I think they it does romance better than what happens in this book. That's it. That's all. That's it.
2: Oh, man. We did it. We made it to the end. If you made it this far, you should head on over to our Instagram at booksonthebrainpod and leave the genie emoji. As always, thank you so much for listening. We put out episodes every Wednesday. We are available on all podcast platforms, and we would love it so, so, so much if you would rate, review, and subscribe. It really does help us out. You can uh, go ahead and follow us on Instagram, so you can share on our post at books on the brain pod and you can go ahead and follow us on our personal accounts i am at deirdre rose morgan on instagram and tiktok
0: i'm at d.j.books on tiktok and on instagram
1: and i am carly Rakashi on instagram and at library of carly on tiktok
0: thank
2: you so much for listening we will chat to you next week bye
0: bye go read <laughs>